Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Rooted with Yams. Thank you guys for being so faithful and consistent, even though I have not been the same. Okay, welcome back to my podcast. You guys already know this is my podcast where we talk about all things sisterhood, womanhood, and friendship. And y'all already know I'm just trying to be the best woman I could be right now today and I want all of us to be the woman of our dreams right now in the present. So before we jump into the good stuff of this episode, I just want to say like happy new year officially, you know, happy um, Valentine's Day, happy Black History Month, Black History Year. We say that every year because it's it's Black History forever, okay? Um, Happy all that. Happy birthday to me. Shout out to all the Aquarius out there or Aquarians. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, it has been so busy since the last episode. Um, You guys really liked that episode. I'm so I'm so happy about that because I had never interviewed anybody in my life. Um, But that was really fun. And we have another interview coming up this week. So you guys stay tuned for that. Check my Instagram. Um, I want to interact with you guys to get some questions from y'all for the upcoming interview topic. I'm super excited. Anyways, um, it's been super busy since the new year started, and I'm grateful to God because Lord knows I cannot be idle because the idle mind is the devil's workshop, baby. I turned 25, and it's my silver year, my quarter century or whatever. I celebrated in the best way possible, like... Oh my gosh, I literally wanted to just have a girls weekend, like all my closest girls were there and it was, it was beautiful, like testosterone free, just positive energy with the people who like mean the world to me and the people who really inspire this podcast, like this podcast came about because I have so many strong, powerful women who have empowered me and supported me and have encouraged me. So that's kind of what I want to do here. So, oh my God, it's like a full circle moment. And as I turned 25, like I literally felt this. For some reason, this birthday, I felt it in my spirit. I felt it in my bones and my tendons, okay? I felt it everywhere. I actually felt older, wiser, cuter like I just felt like I was really entering a new vibe and with that I've been doing a lot of reflecting and journaling and just looking back on the past 25 years that the Lord has blessed me with and just trying to see who I am I don't know why it's just been so like on the front of my mind um since this birthday came but I'm grateful for it like I love more reasons to journal and more things to discover about myself and I hope that you guys find those kind of questions stimulating and as a guide to help you uncover who who we are at our core but anyways all that is was supposed to be like a cute little build into this week's rooted conversation because I I realized um, a sensitive spot if you will And I kind of wanted to talk about it in this week's Rooted Conversation and hope that you guys will find your own sensitive spots and ask yourself the similar questions that I ask myself. I'm going to go through my thought process, my little reflection in this Rooted Conversation, and in the hopes that 
it will inspire um, growth in the next woman. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's Rooted Conversation. Okay, so like I said, I've been doing a lot of reflecting and all of that. And I think like maybe in the coming episodes, I'm going to be going back to certain things that I would like to share with you guys and take these um, rooted conversations as opportunities to share some of my reflections and my thought processes with y'all. And hopefully it serves as a tool. If not, you know, I ain't no therapist or nothing. So just throw it away if you want to. But I just find that some of my my experiences are kind of interesting and that's just not for me like um I feel like something so normal in my life and then someone will tell me like girl what like I never heard of that before that's actually a unique experience so I just thought you know what let me just I don't know do something different and be a little more open with you guys or whatever all right so something that I realize I'm very sensitive to is the question, where are you from? That is literally my least favorite question to be asked. And I really, I don't really know why the question bothers me, but obviously I've taken some time and I've come to like kind of a idea of why this question is so irritating to me. But I realized that a lot of my insecurities and I guess um, childhood traumas and even like my adult self-consciousness revolves around this question. Where are you from? Where are you from? Where are you from? But I don't I just don't want to be automatically turned off by people who ask me this question or be always in like defense mode when I'm asked this question. So I've started like asking myself, how can I answer this question unapologetically and without hesitation because every time I'm asked this question y'all I swear like if you want to see my guards go up so quick ask me this question you will see guards fly up so it's been for me like obviously this isn't necessarily an overtly offensive question so I really had to take the time and see why I take so much offense to this question and see if it's deeply rooted and I just wanted to address like my inner child and shut the devil up because I shouldn't be taken aback by a question that's pretty essential to my identity and essential to who I am and if something is going to bring that much um, defense out of me or put me in such a a sad place, I guess, I have to take it as a lie from the devil. So I was ready to address this question head on. And that's what I did. So I think we could all benefit from reflective exercises, whether it's a guided journal, therapy, or just meditation and personal time asking yourself hard questions. I think it's all important for us to recognize triggers and explore them and learn about where they stem from so that we may ultimately grow from it move on and be more confident, more unapologetic, and the best versions of ourselves. So here we go. I realized three things, three main ideas that helped me address this trigger. Number one, before friends, there was family. Family. Now let me tell y'all, 
I have the best family in the world. I'm so grateful for my bloodline family, for my family by proximity. Like I have the best family and I, I do not take them for granted. But as a little girl, let me tell you, I hated, <laughs> absolutely hated being the only cousin who wasn't born in Cameroon and I've never been to Cameroon confession. I know like it sucks. I I still cringe to make that confession, but in my environment, in my familial environment, I was the only like I was the only Cameroonian who wasn't at least born there. Most of my cousins and Um, family members, they were born there and did school there. And if they didn't do school there, they were at least born there. So they had, they always had, I guess, um, a leg up on me. Right. And, you know, as kids, we always find something to pick on someone for. And I was hella cute. Like I was the cutest child in the world. So they had to pick on me because of this fact, you know? So I don't blame them. You know, if you have to find one thing that, you can pick on me for it was going to be that because it wasn't anything else but anyways um fast forward to today I've I'm realizing that that anxiety that like feeling of not being authentic it still covers me um when people ask me where I'm from and you know the kind of where are you from? Like with the eyebrow raise, with that that one look that's asking like, where are you really, really from? Like not just where do you currently reside? I still get that anxiety and I don't want to say Cameroon, even though I know like that is legitimately what they're asking me. Like what is your country of origin? Where are your parents from? Where are your roots? Like I know that's what they're asking me, but I still hesitate till this day to answer that question wholeheartedly. And I'm finding that it's it started with my family and that insecurity has trickled over to friendships, especially when I meet new people, especially when I meet new um, Cameroonians in in Texas or just really any African living here in Texas or anywhere I I feel that anxiety cover me so so heavy when they ask me where I'm from and I don't know man like I don't know why it, it makes me so anxious or what I feel is the repercussion for not being born in Cameroon or not being raised there or not being even visited the country. I don't know why, but it hurts me. Okay. I'm just trying to be a little honest, if I may. Number two, before independence, there was community. So I lived in Dallas um, for the best parts of my childhood, I would say, but it was brief. I lived in Dallas until I was about seven and a half years old. And where I lived, there was, everybody was there. Like my school pictures from first grade and kindergarten is literally a rainbow. Like there are Hispanics, Asians, Europeans, black folk, white folk, brown folk, yellow folk, like my class pictures are so beautiful and I mean all my class pictures are beautiful because I'm in them obviously but 
I'm just talking about like there's an array of colors and hues in my first and second grade uh, class photos. But then I moved to uh, the valley, like most of you guys know, I think if you know me, where the Rio Grande Valley, not the California Valley. But anyways, my community then looks nothing like me. When I moved, it was a crazy culture shock to say the least, like to say the absolute least. And, you know, I learned a lot. I love the Valley. Like I rep the Valley now um, so much better than I did even just last year and my college years. But anyways, fast forward to entering adulthood and traveling and living in different cities. When people ask me again, this question, where are you from? Even though I've lived in the valley and the valley's home, I've lived there for, I think we've, my family's been there for like almost 15 years or 15 years by this point. How old am I? Oh my gosh, longer than 15 years. But anyways, when I say the valley or when I say the RGV, I'm always met with um, surprise or questions like, what? Really? Are you sure? Like, yes, I'm sure I've lived there all my life pretty much. And I've even been met with mockery to my blackness, to my culture, direct stings to my identity because I didn't grow up in the Houston, Texas of the world or the Dallas or the wherever, like I'm from the Valley. So when I'm received with that kind of pushback, I think that added to my insecurity that I already had from the familial component in regards to where I'm from. So this insecurity has just been building and building and building. And I realized that even though like I wasn't necessarily ashamed of where I grew up or I didn't feel any type of way being from the valley, I would still rep Dallas. Like I'll be in college. People be like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from Dallas. <laughs> They'd be like, where in Dallas? I'm like, uh, I don't know <laughs> because I don't even remember my my address, nothing. Like I can't, I couldn't tell you anything. I don't know where I went to high, would have gone to high school. I just know my little elementary school and Frank elementary school. That's it. Um, so that insecurity really like crippled me so bad that I was lying to people. Like I was lying to people when they asked me in college, where are you from? I'll be like, Oh, triple D what's up? What's up? And when my sister moved to Houston, um, when she started college there, they'll be like, where are you from? I'm from that H Southwest. (laughs) Like I was really lying to people, you guys. And that's how crippling this insecurity was. And it's just, it's not cute. My insecurities were really, really showing. So before independence, there was community. And for some reason, the community I grew up in is a component to the defensive stand I put myself in when I'm asked, where are you from? It took becoming more independent, becoming um, more self-aware. It took all of that before I was able to, to balance my independence with my community and take pride and be reassured that my community did not necessarily have to explain my identity.
Number three, before self-awareness, there were stereotypes. Y'all listen, I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it as all at all. Now that I'm 25, <laughs> um, you know, I can look back and say I was a child. I was a youth. I was a fool. Okay. But I used to operate heavy in the lens of stereotypes. And by that, all I'm saying is that in spaces where I was the only black girl, um, for example, let's say about third grade to 12th grade (laughs) and most of my college courses and pretty much every job I've worked, I have subconsciously acted in a way that I feel does right by, by black people. Like I've always tried to be like, all right, do, am I acting like the average great black person? Like, I don't know. And I've always subconsciously just behaved in a way that I feel represented black women well. And I've carried that, I don't know if I want to call it a burden, but I've carried some sort of burden of representing black women to the best of my ability. But although, you know, it's always good to like, represent or be a good representation for your people, for your family or whoever. That's always a good thing, I guess. But here's the problem. I did not know any black women outside of my family. I myself, you know, I'm an African-American born in Texas. Like I was putting on a front. I have to be honest with myself and say, I'm not a black American. And I'm trying to walk around operating in spaces where people see me as a black American. So I'm trying to put on like a a front or a display based off of my own stereotypes of how a black woman would operate or would respond in this space. Right. And so, as I stated earlier, I've barely even felt African. So I, I was just acting a fool, really. Um, falling into the disgusting behavior of allowing stereotypes and what I've seen on TV and media to pretty much govern my behavior rather than my own personal lived experiences. Like I am a black woman. I could show up as I am unapologetically all the time and be just fine. But for some reason in a lot of these spaces where I found myself as the only black woman, I was succumbing to stereotypes and allowing what I thought other people thought I should be doing to actually govern what I'd be doing, if that makes sense. So before self-awareness, there were stereotypes and I'm guilty of subjecting myself to the white man's game, if you want to call it, or subjecting myself to society's manipulations and society's strings of playing a role, fitting a mold that culture wants to see me in. Whoever's culture it is, I was molding to it. And that is just not cute. Okay, so confession. Recently, I met this guy who's Cameroonian. All the details aren't important. Just know that I gave him my number and we started, you know, conversing, right? So I'm talking to this guy and... He knows I'm Cameroonian, I guess just based on the setting where I met him, that was a safe assumption. But this, he really resurfaced every single insecurity, all the work that I had been doing 
to answer this question, to realize why I'm so sensitive to this question, all the work that I've been doing, y'all, he literally brought me back to square one because he asked me this question. He asked me where I'm from. Now, I told you this man is Cameroonian. I met him here in America. So I'm thinking we're both functioning as like African-Americans, Cameroonian-Americans, whatever you want to call it. Like, I didn't think that question was necessary. So when he's asking me, where am I from? I'm thinking he's asking, where is like my hometown where I grew up? And so I tell him like, oh, I'm from the Valley, um, the Rio Grande Valley. You've probably never heard of it. You know, I try to put on for my city a little bit. So I'm like, I'm from Mission, Texas. And I was trying to describe to him where it was and saying like, it's a great place, yada, yada. And he like, he literally laughed. He was like, girl, like, that's not what I mean. And I was like, oh, well, you already know I'm Cameroonian, you know, like, I don't get it. What are you asking me? And so first of all, him dismissing like everything I had told him about the valley just made me feel so small. And I was like, wow, like you, I feel stupid. I didn't even answer your question, you know. But on top of that, he's he was asking me specifically what village I was from, like where my parents were from, like my mom, what what village, what uh, quata was she living in? And my dad, the same thing. And I have never been asked that question, never, because the only Cameroonians that would, I guess, ask me those specific questions, they're my family. Like, they know they're the ones who taught me. So um, when he asked me, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, oh, my gosh, like, I got all nervous. And I just hate, I hate when a guy makes me feel nervous. Like, that that shit's not cute at all. But um, he made me feel so insecure at that moment because he was not so far removed from Cameroon. He was, he's a fob, okay? So when he's asking me this, like, I just was anticipating follow-up questions like, oh, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? Like, oh, I was there last January or something. You know, I was just really anticipating all the follow-up questions that were to come. And I knew I would be caught off guard at some point. So I was able to uh, state where my parents were from and he was not satisfied. He was like, huh, how did you say it? Like he was mocking me. He was mocking my accent. He was mocking that I obviously don't have the, the right inflections at the right places to say the names of these places properly. So he was, um, he didn't know, you know, so I don't want to, I mean, I already did cancel him because of this, but he didn't know. So I tried to not let it get to me so bad or not to be so offended by his mockery. But it it really like hurt my feelings deep. Like when I went home, I just wanted to cry. I actually wanted to cry. I just, I hated it. And even thinking about it now, like I can feel my heart racing the way it was racing when he was questioning me and when he was asking me, oh, can you repeat it? Oh, it's just, I like the way you say it. You say it so funny. That, that kind of stuff, he didn't know, but like that was digging so deep into my heart. And so <laughs> that, that happened early, like towards the beginning of this year. And it really just... 
oh God, like that was a trigger like never before. I already hate the question, like I've said a thousand times already in this podcast, but the way he was persistent, the way he was really grilling me for answers on where I'm from, where my my roots are. And on top of that, for me to say it correctly, to pronounce it correctly, to pronounce it like a true Cameroonian, I just felt crushed. I don't think a question makes me feel more insecure than this question. So when that guy was doing that to me, I wanted, I don't want to sound dramatic, but like that was the worst feeling. I don't think I've ever felt so bad ever in my life. Like I had never felt so sick, just sick in my, in my alone time. You know, it just, I don't know. I really don't know how to explain it and I'm going to stop trying to explain it. But this is why it was so critical for me to reflect on this specific topic. This is where I kind of drew the line. This is where I said, sis, this is a deep issue. (laughs) This is what made me realize like this is something I need to address and that needs to be fixed and corrected because I will be damned (laughs) if, if a simple question just destroys me or just really makes me um, small because I'm not a small person. I don't see myself as someone who is less than or incapable or unworthy. I see myself as wonderfully and fearfully made in the image of God, perfectly wholesome and correct in every single way. I see myself as someone who is proud of who they are, who is confident in their identity. And and I thank God that I've gained insight and I'm developing this self-awareness now after a lot of journal entries, a lot of um, love for my family and supportive friends. I feel like I'm starting to understand who I am and appreciate and love who I am exactly as I am, regardless of any stereotypes, regardless of my community, regardless of my family, and regardless of my friends, I'm understanding who I am. So in all of this, I really hope that the next time somebody asks me where I'm from, I'm not, I'm not going into defense mode. I realize that Like I just kind of briefly explained to you guys, these are some three categories in my life that I feel like have caused me to be so turned off by that question. And it's not really, it's not a bad thing. I just, you know, when you, when you are reflecting, you start to, you start to, I guess, realize where different things stem from. And it's not to assign blame or it's not to point the finger. Or it's not to be like, oh my gosh, like my family sucks or like my region or I hate my life. It's nothing like that. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I hope I didn't come off that way. But I'm just beginning to identify those little pieces that that have made me so sensitive to the question where I'm from. And I love everything about how I grew up and where I'm from. And I feel like it's my experiences have given me a lot of insight and worldviews and points of views and perspectives that I don't think I would have gained if I wasn't oftentimes the only black woman or the only African-American or the only Cameroonian little girl in spaces. So I'm grateful But through all this, 
it's taken me a while to be able to say that I am exactly who I am and I love exactly who I am because I'm fully Cameroonian, I'm fully American, because I'm black and proud without ever even knowing an MLK Boulevard or living in a place that had an MLK Boulevard. I'm exactly me and I'm a sponge of many cultures. I'm a chameleon in my own right. And I love who I am. I love my background, my culture, my race, my identity, and my blackity black, black, blackity black skin. Okay. I really just wanted to be transparent with y'all in the hopes that it maybe sparks something in you to be open and honest with yourself because it's only honest self talk and reflection, for me at least, that allows me to fall deeper in love with myself and to understand the meaning of self-love. And for us listening to this podcast, my goal for myself, my goal for you is for us to all be the women of our dreams right now in the present. And I know the woman of my dreams, the person I see myself in five years, 10 years when I have a family of my own, the person 16-year-old me saw at 25 did not feel insecure about where she was from. So I'm trying to correct that now because the woman of my dreams, she ain't dealing with this, okay? And yeah, so that's it for this week's Rooted Conversation. Okay, so now we're on the segment of the podcast that I like to call our reflection point. This is a segment of the podcast where I give you guys a gem, a quote, something that um, has sparked some self-reflection, some post-reflection for me after seeing the quote, hearing the sermon, whatever it was. And so I would like to just share it with you guys on this podcast in the hopes that it will stimulate um, a form of reflection in your life as well. So This is not really a quote, but it's a suggestion and a recommendation. I watched the documentary on Netflix called She Did That. I think that's what it's called. She did that. I did that. We did that. I think it's She Did That. It should be like the first thing that pops up on your new releases. Anyways, that documentary was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like y'all already know, I'm obsessed with women excelling climbing, achieving, doing the damn thing, okay? And this documentary was literally highlighting, I think there's like six different stories of black women who did the damn thing. Like it's cause she did that for that reason. And it was it was remarkable. Like the things these women have overcome, the insecurities them themselves had to grab hold of in order to make their dreams come true, in order to provide a necessity to our communities in order to serve our community in order to do the work to do so much excellence oh god I I don't even know like the documentary was so good so inspiring and so encouraging and I encourage you guys to run do not walk no 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 you better run and watch this documentary it's about an hour and a half long 10 out of 10 okay that's all I gotta say uh, Lovey's featured, um, if you guys listen to Jesus and Jalof or Ransom Randomness, uh, she's a 
she's a blogger and a writer that I love. Um, who else is there? The creator and CEO of Carol's Daughter. And her story is actually really incredible because it highlights the importance of the support black women need from black men. Their relationship is just impeccable, like a standard, a new standard. They have really raised the bar and they have really defined what support means and what black women need from black men. They really wrote it out very nicely in the documentary. So check that check that documentary out. I think it's nice, a nice feature for Black History Month as we honor trailblazers um, who literally created this earth, the reason the planet goes round as far as I'm concerned. These are people who are just adding to that list. So definitely check that documentary out and take some time to reflect after you watch it, see where you fit in that documentary me personally I could see myself in the documentary the woman I want to be at least the woman I'm working towards I could see myself as a feature in that documentary so I hope that when you watch it you can start to imagine your story how would your story be presented in the documentary she did that our final and y'all already know my favorite segment of the podcast I like to call it gyne shine because gyne obviously for gynecology gynecological meaning female or related to the woman and shine because it's just the segment where I like to shine light or highlight or shout out a woman in my circle or in my atmosphere that I feel is doing the damn thing and I just want to celebrate her and put you guys on okay so this week's guy and shine is going to go to cassandra cassandra girl she is the host and founder of chamomile conversations a podcast that i will obviously leave the link in the episode notes to her podcast you guys definitely have to check out her podcast like if you like just girl talk like the girl is doing everything she's covering all the bases in her podcast it's beautiful. She has a co-host, Dana. The first couple episodes, she had um, other guests that were phenomenal. So funny. Every time I listen to her podcast, I'm literally dying of laughter. Like, I just feel like I'm with her. <laughs> I'm with her and Dana in the room. And we just sipping on our wine, kikiing, talking, like, talking our stuff. And they do such an excellent job. Their dynamic together is beautiful. Like by far, I listen to a lot of podcasts with um, co-hosts and I think they have the best dynamic I've ever heard, ever. And I'm talking about like no shade on any of the, you know, all the other podcasts I listen to. They, uh, Cassandra and Dana have the best dynamic I've ever heard, ever, period, hands down, no questions asked. They don't miss a beat. Like, they're so funny. They are, they have perfect balance. Like, when one of them says something, like, the other one has something right, right back to balance it or to present another opinion. It's beautiful. Like, nothing will get left untouched between the two of them. So I really, really enjoy her podcast. She's really a champion for self-care and it's it's evident I think in her podcast in her social media she really takes time to listen to herself and 
to work based off of what she needs, what she needs from the podcast she's sharing with us. So she's, it's very authentic, very transparent. And I love that. I love the vibes. I love the energy and I'm not doing it any justice. So you guys just have to listen and feel it for yourself. Like feel the authentic energy, self-love, self-encouragement and sisterhood that I hear in this podcast. It's unmatched. So you guys definitely check out that podcast. Cassandra, you're my guide shine. Like I'm so I'm so lucky I got to meet her last year and then we got to celebrate small for my birthday this year and y'all just just go. Just go quickly. Go go quickly to Chamomile Conversations. They are on all places where you can listen to podcasts. And yeah, don't forget, I will leave all those links in the episode notes so you don't got to worry about it, okay? And I think that's it. I really do think that's it. Um, I don't know what else to tell y'all. There will be another guest. I think I already said this at the top of the episode, but you guys stay tune on my instagram like i'm going to be asking y'all questions the next guest we have on this podcast i'm ready i'm excited but i want i want to address y'all's question especially in this particular subject so stay tuned to my instagram which is yams underscore and potatoes yams and potatoes on instagram of course i'll leave the the link in the episode notes. You guys can also email me if you feel like you have something to say to respond that, you know, you'd rather do it through email. Go ahead, shoot me an email. I'd love to see it. And yeah, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you guys have had a great first two months of the new year. I hope you guys are being nice to black people. I hope you guys are loving on black people. I hope you are loving yourself if you are black or non-black love yourself it is important but especially love black people not only this month but every day as as long as i'm alive okay happy black history month you guys bye-bye